Welcome to another exciting broadcast worldwide of the decline and fall of America. I am your podcast host, Charles Factor, broadcasting from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject to discuss. We're going to talk about, in this episode, the national debt and the bankruptcy of America. It's interesting to note that America has now borrowed more money than any time in its history. There's really no reason for this other than our federal government being corrupt and incompetent, run by two political parties that are corrupt and incompetent, and they've run up $31 trillion in debt that now the United States is unable to pay off. In other words, the United States is bankrupt. Let's talk about the specifics of the national debt, how much we owe, why we can't pay it, what it's being spent on, and the tragedy that this is going to cause for current and future generations. I'm going to take a look at a report that was issued by the Peterson Foundation recently in 2023, and by analyzing this report, I think we'll get a better understanding of what we're facing with the bankrupt American government. So this is from the Peterson Foundation, and here it is. Quote, what is the national debt today? $31 trillion. That's 94000 in debt for every single person in America. Why is the national debt so high? Quote, America's growing debt is the result of simple math each year. And there's a mismatch between spending and revenues. Today, our deficits are caused mainly by predictable structural factors, our aging baby boom generation, rising health care costs, and a tax system that does not bring in enough money to pay for what the government has promised to its citizens. The article goes on to say that there are, quote, three major drivers of our growing national debt. The first is demographics. Quote, America is undergoing significant demographic change. Our society is aging as the large baby boom generation begins to retire. 10,000 will turn 65 every day through 2029. Moreover, people are expected to live longer on average. While that's great news, it also means that we must prepare for the financial needs of a longer retirement. These huge demographic trends put increasing pressure on the federal budget, and in particular on vital programs that serve older and vulnerable Americans like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. The second reason is rising health care costs. Quote, in many ways, health care is the most important issue of our nation's fiscal and economic future. It represents nearly one-fifth of our entire economy and it's the second fastest growing part of the budget. The U.S. healthcare system is the most expensive in the world, but we don't really get what we pay for. We spend over twice as much on our healthcare as other advanced nations, but our system does not provide better overall health outcomes. Improving the performance of the U.S. healthcare system would not only improve American lives, it would also stabilize our fiscal and economic outlook. The third reason for our national debt is inadequate revenues. Quote, it would be one thing if our tax code was designed to fund all the promises we're making, but it's not. 
The U.S. tax system does not generate enough revenues to cover the spending policymakers have enacted. This rapidly growing imbalance between revenues and spending leads to higher and higher annual deficits, and the result is an increasing national debt balance. What is the national debt costing us? Quote, the interest adds up fast. As the debt grows, so does the interest we pay. Similar to a home loan or a car loan, interest payments represent the price we pay to borrow the money. As we borrow more and more, federal interest costs rise and compound. Rapidly growing interest payments are a burden that hinder our future economy. Every day, we spend over $965 million on the interest on the national debt alone. Interest will become the fastest growing part of the federal government. In 10 years, our interest on our national debt will nearly triple from where it is today. Why does the national debt matter? Quote, this is about our future. What makes America strong is our willingness to build and leave a better future for next generations. Unfortunately, our growing debt is doing the opposite. America faces many challenges, including rising inequity, unaffordable health care, a changing climate, failing education, crumbling infrastructure, unpredictable security threats. And to address these issues, we need significant resources. So every dollar that goes toward interest payments means less resources available to build stronger and a more resilient future. By being irresponsible with our budget, it's simply not fair to the kids and grandkids who will inherit the debt. Quote, the vast majority of Americans believe that addressing our debt should be a priority. 76% of voters say that they want the president and Congress to spend more time addressing the debt. And 83% say that their level of concern has increased over the last few years, unquote. So there you have it. That's the article from the Peterson Foundation. Um, And it kind of outlines the problem. You know, America has this habit since World War II. We have fought over 50 wars. I'll talk about that in a future podcast. None of these wars have been fought on our soil, and none of these wars have been fought on our borders. America has the bad habit of trying to police the world and has failed miserably in doing so. We've lost probably more of those wars than we've won. We like to spend a lot of money on bombs and missiles and bullets and tanks and planes and soldiers and sailors and Marines. And we even get involved in wars we have no national interest in. I mean, take a look at Afghanistan. It's not near us. It's not where the terrorists were located. We found them in Pakistan later on. So we spent 20 years bombing the crap out of Afghanistan. Billions and billions and billions of dollars, thousands and thousands and thousands of dead people. For nothing. We did the same thing in Vietnam. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. Lost the war. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dead people. And we're doing the same thing in Ukraine. We're now involved there. Both overtly and covertly. We're paying for a war that's being fought between Ukraine and Russia, which started in 2014. It's now in its ninth year. And we joined the war in its eighth year. And now we're paying for bombs and tanks and missiles so that those two countries can fight each other. And the war is not going to be won by either side. It's just going to continue onward as we pay for it. We are funding the war, you and I. And where's that money coming from? All this money for bombs and bullets and missiles and tanks and planes and everything else. Well, it's coming from us. We don't have the money. Our country's bankrupt. 
So it's all just gone into our national debt. That's where it's come from. And our politicians of both political parties, both our rotten, corrupt political parties, have run this debt up to $31 trillion. Not being spent on Americans. Not being spent on you and I or our infrastructure, our cities. Our cities are now war zones. They're unsafe. Everyone being shot to death, robbed, raped, killed, cars stolen, the usual. So our cities are unsafe. We're out trying to police the world and failing at it. And in the meantime, to pay for this, all this mess that our federal government has created, we're $31 trillion in debt and we have no way to pay it off. Well, what do we do? You know, we could try to tax the entities in this country that pay very little in taxes. Farmers are the richest group in the United States, and they pay almost nothing in taxes. We could start taxing them equally. Medical community is exempt from taxation. Hospitals don't pay taxes, right? Nonprofit medical institutions don't pay taxes. Medical community is the richest in the country, along with farmers. Credit unions don't pay taxes. Banks do, but credit unions don't. They've got a ton of money. All their buildings look brand new, but they don't pay taxes. We could tax them. In a lot of states, like the one I live in, manufacturing pays no taxes, or they locate in business parks where they pay no taxes. Well, we could tax manufacturing. Timber. Large tracts of this country are in the form of timber. In many states, including my own, they pay almost nothing in taxes. We could start taxing the timber companies. And spending. We could try to get both of our political parties to reduce the spending. For example, $800 billion every year on war when none of these wars are being fought in our own country and we're not even defending our own border. Look at Mexico. Drugs and criminals pouring over the border every day. Nobody's stopping that. But we spend $800 billion a year on national defense. We could try to have our corrupt political parties and our corrupt government reduce the amount of spending that it, that it does every single year, that would be part of the solution as well. So, or we could start, stop the handouts to farmers. Farmers are already the richest people in the country, and every year they get billions and billions of dollars in the form of taxpayer handouts sent to them in the form of checks every month from the federal government, even though they pay almost nothing in taxes. In our state, they pay a $2 usage fee per acre. Farmers in our state have an average net worth in the millions of dollars. So what I'm trying to say is we could have colleges, for example, private colleges that are now sitting on endowments of tens of billions of dollars. We could have them start paying taxes, right? These rich colleges with these billion-dollar endowments are paying nothing. We could start having colleges pay taxes. And how about the poor? In our country, the lowest 40% of Americans pay nothing in taxes. We could start having the lowest 40% of Americans start to pay taxes. They take out of the system in the form of everything you can possibly imagine, every form of welfare, housing, heating, free phones, free medical care, free food, but they pay nothing back in. So we could start taxing the bottom 40% of America. And what about the wealthy? They all have accountants and lawyers, and they dodge taxes legally and illegally. We could start taxing them. And what about corporations? They're paying almost nothing now because they also have accountants and lawyers that are dodging the tax system. We could start having a flat tax for corporations so that they had to pay what they owe. 
So yeah, we have to reduce spending. And yeah, we have to stop these stupid foreign wars. And maybe we need to start taxing people and entities and organizations like churches and temples. Religious institutions pay no taxes, but they own a ton of everything. Maybe we should start taxing religious institutions. They're wealthy. They've got a ton of money. The money goes in. The money never comes out. So what are the solutions? Yes, reducing spending for sure. Cutting the military budget, absolutely. Stop getting involved in foreign wars that we have no interest in. That would help. And yes, taxing all of these organizations that I have just mentioned that currently pay little or nothing in taxes, that too might help. Maybe it's a combination of all of these things. But in the meantime, we're facing $31 trillion in debt and we have no way to pay for it. And if and when we default on that debt, if and when people stop buying that debt, if and when people lose faith in the United States' ability to pay back that debt, things are going to go from bad to worse, not slowly, but very quickly. It won't take a week. In today's markets, with money traveling around at the speed of light, wire transfers and trillions of dollars changing hands every single day all around the world, when people stop buying the debt, America's debt, when they stop financing it in the form of bonds, government bonds, when people are no willing, no longer willing to trust that America is going to make good on its debt, when people lose confidence, when people realize that America is bankrupt, which it is, then it's going to go from bad to worse very suddenly. It might take just hours and the entire system collapses. The currency collapses. The government collapses. America collapses. We are functionally bankrupt right now but not a lot of people are talking about it, are they? We're just going to keep printing money and printing money and devaluing our currency and creating inflation with the hope that we can just punt it into the future, push it into the future, delay it for a few more years. But eventually all bills come due. You did this with your credit cards. Eventually you have to pay on it or you go bankrupt. The government is no different. Eventually the government, which is you and I, we either have to pay on it or we go bankrupt. I am your worldwide podcast host, Charles Factor, broadcasting from Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond, asking you, isn't this just another indicator of the decline and fall of America? Have a great day.